Here we go, episode 78 of the Hardline Sports Talk. I'm Michael Merlo, and I'm joined by John Michael Masiri. JM, how are you today? I'm doing great. Happy Halloween, Michael. Do you have a... Uh... Oh, and a happy birthday. Happy belated. Yes, thank you. Uh, 20 um, years old. You got a costume or anything this weekend? No. No, nothing, no. Not, not rocking anything this weekend, mm-hmm. I don't think. I've I've heard of I think you're being this person for Halloween and this was thrown around at me. Tony Soprano. It's like yeah. are you yeah. being Tony Soprano? I am being Tony Soprano, yeah. Somebody was like, Oh, if you go out just wear a you know, collared shirt and pants and try and look and, Italian and I was like yeah, basically the worst put idea a cigar in, in your mouth and you're just about done, so Yeah. Just walk around and do whatever. But mm-hmm. no, I don't think I'm dressing up for Halloween. I could be Saquon Barkley, just throw my jersey on. That's you know casual yeah, you guys- Halloween. I'd confuse both of you if you were on the street together. Well, that's what I was saying. You know, it'd be really, really tough to tell apart, so. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, speaking of Saquon Barkley, we are going to start in the world of the NFL, where last night, Thursday night football, uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks lost, and they are now 3-5. and five. It's the first time since, I think, 2002, am I correct, that Tom Brady mm-hmm. has lost three straight games. It's the first time in a very long time that a team that Tom Brady is quarterbacking is two games under 500, but they are. The Ravens got the win in Tampa Bay last night. And if it wasn't time to panic already for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, now is. Right. Yeah, I mean, everything, every unit basically on this team has been underwhelming, even the defense. Um, I mean, they're the 11th-ranked defense in the NFL, but... We expected this defense to be top five this year, maybe top three. Um, and it's proven that in the past. It's been a fantastic defense. And then, you know, in the, over the offseason, um, in training camp, you had the injury to Ryan Jensen. The, the O-line is banged up. Uh, there's another injury somewhere along there that I'm forgetting about right now. Um, and Brady hasn't performed well either. And now that could be due to a couple factors. It could be due to the offensive line. It could be due to him with his off the field things that have been going on. Um, it could be his just overall, you know, age is getting to him. Who knows what it is? Um, I think also one other thing is Todd Bowles, the head coach of this team. And I don't know how much, you know, that's going to impact a Tom Brady, a guy who's been playing for over 20 years, how much his head coach is really going to impact him, but it impacts the rest of the team. And, uh, I think a little bit of the blame needs to go on Bowles, too. A little bit of the blame, 100%, needs to go on Bowles. There were a couple of decisions last night that I was kind of scratching my head at, you know, from a coaching standpoint. But I think with the offense, that hasn't changed. I think Byron Lefwich has been, and Tom Brady, obviously, have been the two architects of this offense, the two guys running this offense. And that has not changed in the past few years. So, sure, the offensive line has been worse. They've dealt with injuries um, at the wide receiver position, although not the last two weeks. So they, they have had a little bit of a rotation there. But Evans has been there for the most part all season long. Godwin missed a couple of games. There isn't really any excuse. I think the blame has to go on Brady. It has to go on the offensive line. And some of it has to go on the offensive coaching staff. And it makes sense um, for why this team is struggling when the offensive line is struggling because, A, that normally happens in the NFL. But I think, B, it has even more of an impact on the Buccaneers and Tom Brady because Tom's 45 years old, right? He loves he likes to get the ball out quick. He doesn't want to get hit. 
Um, and that that's kind of been the uh, the the mo of this offense over the past couple of years. And I think with this offensive line breaking down and him getting hit more and more, it's definitely had a big impact on Tom Brady and the overall production of this offense. I mean, you said it yourself. Chris Godwin was injured. He came back, right? He's played the last five games or so pretty healthy. He's yet to find the end zone. So they put up a graphic last night during the game. The Bucks have only had one first quarter touchdown, and it was last night, all season. So obviously um, not the offense we're used to. Well, I think what you just said before all that is a really great point. They want to get the ball out quickly. There were a lot of times. Uh, Brady was sacked a few times, but there were multiple plays where Tom Brady held the ball in his hands really, really, really long and either got sacked, tried to throw it away, or was incomplete into the ground. Guys aren't getting open, so and he doesn't have time. This just isn't a good situation right now for this Bucks offense. Yeah. And they're about to find themselves out of first place. Um, the joke that's been going around now since last night, the winner of the Atlanta Falcon-Carolina Panthers game, is going to take sole possession of first place for uh, the week. Yeah. And, and listen, that style of football that Tom Brady plays, the, the pocket passer, right, he's not a very mobile guy, obviously, that's totally fine. Like, he's fantastic at it, and there are guys in the NFL just like him who have made careers, Hall of Fame careers out of that. Um, and, you know, pocket passing has been around forever. But now in today's style of the NFL, with an O-line that's deteriorating like the Bucks are right now, Teams can still recover from that with these mobile quarterbacks that you see, like your Pat Mahomes and your Lamars and your Josh Allens, you know, you guys who can roll out, get out of sacks, whatever their escapability. Tom Brady's not that guy. So the, the second that his offensive line starts deteriorating like it is right now, you're seeing what you're seeing right now is a guy who's just going to fall easily. He's not going to be able to escape out of the pocket, roll around, buy time. It's not going to happen. I think that puts the Bucks at a big disadvantage because there are teams that can do that right now. You forgot a uh, mobile quarterback's name, Daniel Jones, but we'll, we'll discuss him in a little bit. Uh, listen, I thought, especially last night, that they would kind of get this thing going, that they would come out, bounce back, and play better. Um, I have no faith in this team right now. If it wasn't going to happen last night, when their backs were against the wall, at home, against a good opponent, you know, we've been spending all this time on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Baltimore Ravens are a very good football team. Um, outside of a couple of collapses, this could be a 7-1 team right now. Nobody's talking about them. And they're going to be in a dogfight for their division as well. Um, the Bengals just lost Jamar Chase for a few weeks. But I think the Ravens are top dog in this division either way. Yeah, I mean, they always are, honestly. It, it, everybody also viewed them not to what their record was. Um, I think everybody, you know, looked at the Bucks and said, oh, this is a team that's struggling right now. But I don't know if a lot of people looked at the Ravens 3-4 and four going in that game last night and were like, oh, this team's struggling. You know, they just they've, – they've, they've lost a couple close games, um, you know, hence the Giants game. Um, but this is a great team with great coaching. Uh, the defense hasn't been what it should be. Um, played pretty well last night. I think anybody can play well against that Bucks offense right now, like we just yeah. talked about. But, um, yeah, I mean, they're a force to be reckoned with. I still think this is the Bengals division, though. I think the really? Bengals are, yeah, I think the Bengals are the better team. Um, I think they're the, 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 the sexier team, the more explosive team. 
I like the Bengals. I picked the Bengals in the offseason to win this division, and I still stand by it. I think I think the Bengals are still one of the, the forces to be reckoned with in the AFC, and I think they're going to make a lot of noise in the playoffs. You know what's funny? Burrow is playing at an incredibly high level right now. Yeah. I mean, he's been so good. So, yeah, they're going to be here for a very long time. And, and listen, they have – chase out but they have higgins they have boyd they'll have guys they have weapons there oh yeah um the only thing that concerns me is their offensive line their defense is actually sneaky good i mean like it was last year too yeah they got some good guys on that defense they got sam hubbard trey hendrickson uh jesse bates they got some good guys on that defense they're better this year though they're better this season um Mm -hmm. so you're 100 right and they'll be in the playoffs we'll see what happens with that division, let's switch it over to the NFC and let's talk about another division that is a powerhouse and nobody saw it coming, the NFC East. Uh, the Eagles coming off the bye, they're 6-0. and They're going to be in Philadelphia against the Pittsburgh Steelers this week. The Giants are in Seattle to take on the Seahawks, who are another incredible, incredible surprise with Geno Smith. And the Dallas Cowboys are at home against the Chicago Bears. Now, let me say this, because I don't want to go too big picture here, but I think the two best teams in the NFC play in the NFC East, and that's the Eagles and the Cowboys. Am I crazy to say that? Um, No, honestly, you're not. I think that all – I think the NFC overall, is, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of these – who are the teams that we said were going to be – huge contenders in the NFC this year. The Packers, Bucks. the Bucks, and the 49ers were like the three teams that always came to mind. And all and the those Rams? teams, I don't believe, are even in the playoffs if it started today. So, um, yeah, the Rams, right? You got the defending Super Bowl champion, the Rams. That division, the NFC West, was the best in the NFL last year. Um, still could be. It's still a tight division right now, but everybody's like 3-3, three and 3-4, three, three and four, whatever they are. Um, so... I don't think that's a crazy statement. I think, you know, the Cowboys are sitting at, what are they, 4-3 and three right now? 5-2. and 5-2. and two. Um, And that's all, for the most part, game and a half of Dak Prescott, but that's four and a half, five and a half games out of Cooper Rush. Um, so that defense is great. I'll, I'll stand corrected. I remember we talked uh, in the preview for the season. I said I thought this defense was going to regress. I thought they were too turnover dependent last year. Um but clearly has and Michael Parsons has is he having an even better year than he had last year. Uh and Trevon Diggs is actually not having like an overrated season. He's actually been a pretty good corner this year. Um so we know about the offensive line for the Cowboys. I don't think it's a crazy statement. And then obviously the Eagles are the Eagles. They're six and oh. So nah. I don't th- I don't think that's crazy. Yeah, I really like Dallas, and this might sound crazy. I think Dallas has a better chance of getting to the Super Bowl than the Eagles do. I just kind of feel like it'll flame out for the Eagles. For the Cowboys, I feel like this is a little bit more sustainable. As good as the Eagles roster is, they feel like a team that is going to have the one seed. They maybe have two, three losses on the whole season, and they lose in that divisional round and get upset. I don't know by who, Honestly, but they kind of feel like that. I think you might be uh, – I don't know if it's you don't want to be biased or whatever, but I think you might be selling your own team a little short. I think you could say that the three NFC East teams are the three best teams in the NFC. Yeah. I really think you could say that. I mean, at this point, like, like, like let's be honest. Like, 
there are still people out there that are going to hate on the Giants and you know, I get it. Like I don't I don't think the Giants I wouldn't call them Super Bowl contenders right now. Um but then again, they just continue to prove everybody wrong. Um I think this team is probably, you know, uh they they've played a lot of close games. The roster still isn't fantastic. So, I think their 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 magic will run out somewhere. I think they'll be a playoff team. I think they could, you know, be a high seed, they could be a, the highest wild card, or who even knows if the Eagles might lose, drop a couple games, they could win this division. But um, I still think I think the Giants are better than the Packers. They proved it; they beat them, right? I think they're better than the Bucks. And you know, I think we'll see this weekend when they play Seattle. We don't we we don't know what's going on, honestly. Like, we how good are these teams that we're talking about, right? How good is Seattle? How good are the Giants? You know, their record is good, but we're only seven games into the year. What's going to happen when it's Week 18? How are those standings going to fall? So. Who knows? But um, I think the Giants are still a contender for you know the playoffs, obviously, and they're uh, one of the best teams in the NFC right now. I have no clue what the Giants are. Um, I'm a huge Giants fan. I think they're going to lose every week. Like I don't, I don't think they're going to win this week against Seattle. No. I predicted them to lose against the Jaguars last week. I don't know what this team is. I do know that they have a very good coaching staff. I do know that they have a pretty subpar roster. I do know that they have a quarterback who is playing well and doing whatever he can with terrible wide receivers. Now, uh, the news just broke um, Thursday afternoon that the Giants were trading Kadarius Toney to the Chiefs for a third and a sixth round pick. We'll get to that in a minute. Sure, I think the Giants can contend for you know a playoff spot. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I'm, I don't think that's crazy, like like you said. But if there was ever a year to want to just get into the playoffs in a conference, it would be this season. Because nobody knows what's going to happen this year. And it, the NFC is so wide open that the Eagles can go 17-0. The Cowboys yeah. can win, you know, 14 games. And the Giants can win, you know, 11 or 12, whatever it is, and make the playoffs. Those are divisional opponents. Anything can happen in a game against your division rival. You know them so well. So if there was ever a year for the Giants to make the playoffs and try and make an unprecedented run it would be this season. I'm not predicting it, but this is a good year to make the playoffs if you're the New right. York Giants. I mean, you're 100% right. Like, Let's just look at the quarterbacks that would be in the NFC playoffs right now. Jalen Hurts, Kirk Cousins, Geno Smith, Marcus Mariota, Daniel Jones, Dak Prescott, and Matt Stafford. <sighs> That's crazy. No Aaron Rodgers, no Tom Brady. So... You're it's right. Possible. You know, if if there is a year, it's to do it right now. Um, it's weird, man. I mean, I don't know. Like same thing in the in the AFC right now. I just said the Bengals are you know going to be a problem in the playoffs. Like I think they'll still be a very good team. They're not even in the playoffs if the season ended today. They're the first team out. I mean, they're tied with the Dolphins and the Chargers with the same record. But um, you know, same thing with my Jets. Right, they're five and two. They're the number one wild card right now. But like. I don't know what to expect out of this Jets team. Like, are we gonna go twelve and five? Are we gonna be nine and eight? Are we gonna be eight and nine? Like, I don't, I don't know what's how it's gonna finish out. There's just a weird sort of like changing of the guard thing going on right now in the NFL, and I don't know whether to believe it or not. You're 100 percent right. It's just that the AFC is so loaded that, and I think fans will be disappointed whether if they don't make the playoffs. I think they're gonna sneak in. But when you go through the teams that are out of the playoffs right now in the AFC, it's like, 
well, the, the Bengals are better than the Jets. And right. The Chargers are pretty good when they get it going. And the Dolphins have shown that when they have Tua, they're pretty good too. So right. the Jets are going to have to beat some good teams. And they're going to have to win some games that maybe we don't think they're going to win to stay afloat and stay in this race you know, for one of those wild card spots, it is great to see that. I mean, it's, it's so much fun to watch. Yeah, it's been a fun season, especially for us, obviously. But um, I'll tell you, the Chargers, like, this isn't even a hot take. Like, I don't buy them at all anymore. Really? Like, they are, yeah. I don't. I mean, you look at them right now, they're 4-3. and three. They just scraped out a win against the Broncos at home. Um, and they're negative 25-point differential. Like, they're just not... Nothing about this team is great, and and it's they've been hampered by injuries, right? We know about um, Rashawn Slater and Joey Bosa's been hurt. Keenan Allen's been hurt. Um, J.C. Jackson out for the year now. Mike Williams got hurt. I mean, J.C. Jackson was horrible, but, you know, they also expected J.C. Jackson to be a big player for them. That's one of the reasons why we loved the Chargers this year. Um, Money on them to win the Super Bowl. But, you know, they got killed by Seattle last week. Um, they just skated by the Broncos. They skated by the Browns. The Browns missed a field goal at the last second that would have that won was, them the game. That was a good game, though. That was a really good game. Yeah. And they were down early, and Brandon Staley made a terrible call, but, you know, you have right. to deal with him. He's your coach. And he he's made a couple terrible calls before. Yeah. Everybody remembers the Raiders game last year. Yeah, um, it was exactly like that. Yeah. And then they lost 38-10 to 10 to the Jaguars. And they got the Chiefs lost, and they beat the Raiders week one by five points. So, no really statement wins by this team. The only one that was maybe that Texans game. Right. But This is a team that, for me, with Herbert, if they were to get healthy and yeah. somewhat more healthy, you know, Slater's going to miss the year. You know, Jackson, like you said, is going to miss the year. If they got going, if they got hot with Herbert – that's a team I wouldn't want to play just because I'm a huge fan of Justin Herbert. But you're 100% right. They've been incredibly underwhelming this season, mm-hmm. 100%. So who else, who else do you have right there on in the, the in the playoffs? On the cusp of making the playoffs and not so, in the playoffs. Right now, it's the Chargers are in, the Jets are in, and the Dolphins are in. Bengals first team out, then the Colts, then the Patriots. Okay, so really... It's the Bengals. Yeah. Like the Bengals should be in. That's yeah, the team you're kind of missing. Yeah. The, the Colts are whatever. We're gonna get to them in a second. The the Patriots, I think, will. They're you know proving they're a solid team. I mean, they just got killed by the Bears, but it depends what happens. Be that like annoying team that is gonna it depends play what happens. close. With the Jets, the, these are huge games. And let's talk about it quick. With the Jets and the Patriots, they're going to play this week. Then the Jets are going to play Buffalo. And then the Jets are going to go to New England. Yeah. This is a tough three weeks. And the Jets, listen, nobody expects them to beat Buffalo. But you got to at least beat New England once, if right. not twice, but definitely once. you got to find home. a way to beat them. Yes. This game here. Sunday, black jerseys, black helmet. And by the way, not that – I don't know how to rephrase this because Mets fans wanted black jerseys forever, right? And I don't know how I feel about the Jet black jerseys yet, if I like them or not. 
But now I can see why people would make fun of Mets fans for wanting the black jerseys. Does everybody need a black jersey? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I know. I know. Like, does everybody need one? Yeah. You know, and the Mets had it a while ago, and then they brought it back. But all these teams bringing in new jerseys, and they're all black with, you know, their main color. The helmet's sick. I have to say, yeah, the, the Jet helmet, helmet is, is, cool, yeah. is sick. But we'll see what happens. I'm Jets and their blacks. This, this is going to be a crazy environment on Sunday, though. I mean, this is, Jets fans have been starving for, you know, a big game like this for a long time. And now they're playing New England with a 5-2 and two record in, a, in late October, where we're usually, you know, 1-6 or 2-5. and five. This is a big deal. So, they're already, you know, they've been saying, oh, we get there, get there early, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was going to say something about, oh, so, last thing on the Jets. Going into the bye, right, they got two more games. They got this game and they got the Bills. If you can win this game, right, you're probably not going to beat the Bills. They're on the road, I think, so expect that to be a loss. If you win this game, you're 6-3 and three going into the bye. That's great, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, even five and four going into the bye for the expectations we have for this team, yes. But who cares about what the expectations that we have for them was? Now we're in the reality of them being five and two. Let's make the playoffs. So if you can get six and three going into the bye, you're in a really, really nice spot. Yes, a hundred percent. And the Jets did just lose two key pieces to their offense. Brees Hall goes down with the ACL injury. He's out the year. Elijah Vera Tucker, who goes unnoticed, he was their best offensive lineman. Wherever you put that guy, um, he performed yep. at a high level. I, I think he was going to be an all-pro this year, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. So um, hopefully he can come back next year and, and return to that status. He should. Uh, triceps injury, thank God it's on the knee injury. The Jets did make a trade, though, and it was a smart, savvy trade. They traded um, what is it, a six-round pick to go get James Robinson for the rest yep. of the season. Um, it was a good move. I saw a ton of Jeff fans I was having arguments with Jeff fans. They're like, oh, you know, let's trade for uh, Kareem Hunt. Let's trade for um, Alvin Kamara. Like, dude, please. Yeah. Rating up a high pick for a running back for the rest of the season. Yeah. Give up and a- listen, I think you could probably, you know, who knows how good some of those guys are compared to James Robinson. Alvin Kamara is in a different league, but yeah. Kareem Hunt and James Robinson, like, I don't think there's a huge difference between both of those guys. It's James Robinson, this guy ran for a thousand yards in his rookie year. So yeah, no, it's a great move behind a good offensive line. Still, I didn't yeah. think they needed the trade for running back. You know, I thought Carter and and whoever uh, Ty Johnson, I think, could get the job done. But this will be fine. They'll have a you know two headed running attack still. So that's good stuff, Wilson. I I know I, we love running yeah. backs. I know we, Hall was great, and you know even for me, Saquon, you have a good offensive line, you'll be fine. Yeah. I think that they um they're probably not done either, honestly. You don't think so? No. I think they're uh on the tackle market, I think they're gonna do something. All right. Larry would be great, but I think that's gonna take a lot. That would he's take been a lot. Very good this year. Yeah. He he's expensive and he is a very good player. That would probably be um what, a second second third round pick mm. packages together. Uh-huh. Maybe. Who I, I'm he, surprised he he's in Houston. I'm surprised. You know whose name has been on the trade market is uh, Andre Dillard. Really? Does he is not he play st- for Philly anymore? Like, I, think I, I know he's, he's a, on the team, but does he not start? Like, 
I, you know what? I don't think so. I'm trying to go through who they're. Yeah, M- Melita, Melida. Right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jordan Melida. He's, he's on the left side. Lane Johnson on the right. They've got Kelsey. He's only played one game this year. He only started yeah. nine games his whole career. Yeah, he's a you know a, a six guy, six, six man, as they as all they right. would call That's it. A bit weird in the NBA. So yeah, that wouldn't be a bad get at all. Um, just to the trade market very quickly. We said before, Kadarius Tony was traded to the Kansas City Chiefs for a third and a sixth round pick. Uh, KT uh, oh, was on my Giants. Oh my God, the memories. This guy is something else. Not going to say what I want to say, but clearly he wasn't an organizational fit. Um, he hadn't. Pl- I think he pl- he appeared in one game this year, maybe two, and it was only for a few plays. Um, he could never stay healthy, and the Giants clearly didn't want this guy part of their team in their locker room. They get rid of him. It's whatever. But as a Giants fan now, I trust this organization and I trust this regime. But I was, you know thinking and under the impression that the Giants were getting a talented wide receiver back in a position where they're incredibly weak, and now they're not. So I'd like to see them do something. I don't know what it is. I don't know who to get, but they need to add a wide receiver for you know the stretch run. If they're going to have a chance at making the playoffs and make, and make the playoffs possibly, they need another receiver. Maybe two, but definitely just one. What is the what day is the deadline? Was it like November? It's like the first or second week in November. Yeah. Now. Um, yeah, like so they got week. a little bit of time. I think it's going to get kind of crazy. Honestly, the trade deadline this year. There's already been a couple of trades, and I don't think it's slowing down anytime soon. But Robert um, Quinn of the yeah. Eagles. Yes. Which, by the way, can we like Robert? Yeah, Quinn let's had a argue great about season, this. But let's, let's stop, argue about this. Let's stop acting like Robert Quinn is like this fantastic acquisition that's just going to like make the Eagles defense this like absolute like elevate them to another level. Uh very quickly Robert have... Sala said I, I, I disagree with you. Robert Sala uh said Corey Davis will miss Sunday's game and Elijah Moore will play. Expect right. he's not going any I'm telling you right now, Elijah Moore is gonna be a jet until his rookie contract expires. Yeah, that was he's not going anywhere. They should not trade him either. Um, back to Robert Quinn for a second. You have to realize something. A, Robert Quinn, um, I can't tell you this for a fact, but I could assume that there were a lot of plays where he was getting double teamed. Sure, he's aging, right? I, I completely agree with that. But he's going to be used in a situation now where he's not going to have to play every down. He's going to play, what, 30, 40 snaps, right? He's a guy that can get to the quarterback. He's showing you he can get to the quarterback. And he's playing on a team that is always trailing, always trailing. So he's not in a great situation right now. When you put a guy like this in a good situation, you see what happens. I don't want to compare Robert Quinn to Von Miller, but Von Von Miller was not having the greatest season last year when he got traded to the Rams. Robert Quinn not having the greatest season right now. They're not the same talent-wise, but the move is similar. And Robert Quinn in a good situation could be effective getting to the quarterback for the Eagles while they're up, you know, in the fourth quarter. I understand your point, but I think last year, I think Robert Quinn just had one of those, like, freak seasons, and when you saw that, you were like, holy crap, Robert Quinn? What, do you have 18 sacks? Everybody was like, holy, no way, he had 18 and a half sacks last year? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I get what you're saying. They've been trailing and everything like that, but 
he hasn't even like he hasn't been good in the run game either. He's got he's not, eight, he's he's not good in the run eight game. Tackles on the season, and he's played like three hundred snaps. So that's uh, you know I, I I get that he's a pass rusher, but he hasn't been effective in the run game. Um, and he's got one sack, which. Like you said, yeah, they've been trailing, and maybe he's getting double teamed, blah, blah, blah. But one sack in that many games is alarming. And I hate to, you know, bring PFF into it because I think PFF's kind of stupid. But take it with a grain of salt. His PFF grade this year is 43.8. So. Mm, not ideal. I, I don't. I could see him getting better with the Eagles, right? But I don't think he'll have a Von Miller esque uh, impact on this defense at all. Well, it's already a load of defense, so we will see what happens here. Um, any other big names? I see Judy's name being thrown out there. I'd be surprised if he was moved. Is he great, or is he just a name at this point? I think he's got a lot of talent, and I think um, he's also a name. I think he's talented, though. I think that if he's in the right situation, you could see him shine. Remember, what what has he had a quarterback the past couple of years? And now this year, it may have gotten the play may have gotten worse when you thought yeah. it was going to get better. He's yeah. still a really young guy. Yeah. So in the right situation, I think he could be um, a very high level wide receiver. Um, any other names? You said uh, Dilliard from Philadelphia. Um, Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil. Elijah Moore. Which Elijah Moore is not going anywhere. Like, yeah, I, I completely agree Clay with you Poole. there. Yes, Claypool. I, that wouldn't shock me at all. Brand, Brandon Cooks. Yeah. Bro, you know, Brandon Cooks, I think if that guy gets traded one more time. Didn't he say something like that? He might just retire if he gets traded again. <laughs> really? Did he say that? Yeah, I he think he said something like that. He should, though. Like, all seriousness, what are the Texans doing with him? And maybe I just traded for him in fantasy. But I did <laughs> why shouldn't Brandon Cooks be on the Green Bay Packers next week? You know, what, what's that reasoning? Right. You're right. Why shouldn't Chase Claypool be on the Green Bay Packers next week? This is a team that needs to add a wide receiver or two. And uh, let's get into them very quickly. Um, I wrote on the topic sheet today, are they bad? Are the Packers bad? And you answered the question. You said yes before. Yes. Why are they bad? Brandon Cooks. I'm not going to accept any more trades. Yeah, that's basically what he said. Like, mm. um, I mean, they they've lost three in a row, right? You lost to the Giants in London, lost to the Jets at home, and you just lost to Taylor Heineke and the Commanders on the road. And it it comes down to one simple thing. The offense is horrible. I mean, it's there's no other way of putting it. Like, they put up 21 points last week, and it was a third of that was from a pick six. You're so, right. the running game hasn't been working as well as it should be. They they haven't been getting Aaron Jones the ball enough. A.J. Dillon has been maybe one of the most disappointing players in the NFL this year. Um, and the receiving group is not great at all. Alan Lazard's been banged bad. up. Alan Lazard's been banged up. He's probably not going to play this weekend. Um, Rodgers, you know, I don't know how much of the blame we can put on him. Like, is he taking a, losing a step? I don't know. It's hard to tell. I mean, he's still been making a couple Rodgers-esque throws. But then again, you know, the, the flow of the offense and some of these throws that he's been making haven't been great. 
Um, and the the biggest blame of them all is the offensive line. I mean, the offensive line has been terrible, and it's kind of like what we were just talking about with Brady is Rodgers is not having the t- proper time to throw. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing, right, everybody wants to talk about Devontae Adams being gone for the Packers, and rightfully so. I talk about that too, right? That's a big problem for them. I think we're forgetting that Marquez Valdez-Scantling was on this offense too. And I think that has a big problem to do with it. And I was talking to my brother about this, and I'm sure he's going to love that. He said to me the other day, he's like, I feel like every time I listen to your podcast, you're always like, I was talking to my brother and this and that. So (laughs) there you go, Joe. There's your moment of glory. Um, (laughs) I was talking to him about this because he's a Packers fan. And I was talking about MVS and saying, I think that's a problem that people aren't realizing. And he said the reason why they lost to the 49ers last year is because or he believes one of the big reasons is MVS was out and MVS was the guy on that offense that could take the top off the defense, expand the field, make you respect the deep ball. The Packers don't have that anymore. So I think between the loss of Adams, who was your ex, get that guy, the ball in big situations, he's going to give you a hundred something yards every game and a touchdown. And now you lose MVS too with that. I think that's one of the major reasons that mixed with the offensive line. There's your problem on offense. It's a great point. Uh, the running, like you said, the running game, the offensive line has been a big surprise for me. But is the defense like that bad? Like this was supposed to be it's a not, defense that was going to carry them. Like the strongest yeah. part of this team, and the reason why people thought the Packers will be fine was because they were going to have an elite defense, and clearly. They haven't been doing a good enough job to carry them, but I don't think the defense has been in a spot where you can blame them for being three and four. Yeah, I, it's it's I, honestly you could blame it on the coaching staff too, especially Joe Barry, uh, the defense coordinator. The Packers, when you have an off a uh, defense that's that good with that many great playmakers, and you have a lockdown corner, Jair Alexander, right? You have multiple studs on that defense. Rashawn Gary, Kenny Clark, and Jair Alexander are all top 10 players at their position. Right. Some of them even top five. Um, When you have a defense like that, you should not play cushy, uh, you know, soft defense, right? You can send the extra guy blitz a lot, right? Because you trust your corners, you trust your secondary, your lockdown guys, that they'll be able to handle less help. And the Packers haven't done that, and I think they did it. They did it. They didn't do it against the Giants. I think that really hurt them. Um, the game when they did do it though was against the Jets, and although the scoreboard says different, that twenty-seven to ten game, um, that was a very very low scoring game up until late in the game. Um, you know, I think the Jets just had a couple home run plays, and then you had the block punt for the touchdown, but. That's right. the kind of defense they should be playing every single game, and they haven't been doing it. And they're probably going to get killed on Sunday. Think they are? Like blown I mean, out? Like don't I mean, cover they, the ten and a half? They might play a close game. <sighs> Not yeah. Honestly, I think this game is going to be like thirty-one fourteen Bills, something like that. Ooh, I think they like the under. Blown out. I like the under. I like the under a lot in this game. I like the under. Yeah. Uh, What's the over? What is it like fifty? 47 and a half. Oh, I just made it. Yeah, okay. 45. Yeah, I, I, I like the under here. Um, we'll see what happens this weekend. I mean, 
not looking good. Looking at basically a three and five football team in a division that could have a six and one team leading it by the end of the week, and that's the Minnesota Vikings, who are at home against the Cardinals. Um, put a stamp on that. We'll be we'll be back to the Packers next week, especially mm. if they lose. Um, Matt Ryan benched for Sam Ellinger. Uh, Matt Ryan is dealing with a shoulder injury. It was kind of like half-assed, you know. Like, listen. You know, Frank Grant was like, listen, he's got a shoulder injury, but either way, we're going to Sam Ellinger the rest of the year. Um, he didn't have to do that. He could have just went and said, listen, Sam Ellinger is starting, and we are benching Matt I Ryan. This. Like, I you missed when this? this happened. Because, no, I know, I'm aware that it happened now. I saw it oh, last night. Okay. But I saw Frank Reich say, like, Monday morning, he was like, Matt's, listen, Matt's our guy, Matt's our quarterback. And I was like, oh, so they're not benching him. Like, he's just hurt, and he's yeah. missed a couple games. And then I'm seeing, like, Matt Ryan benching, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what are they talking about? Frank Reich just said that he's fine. But now I saw that last night, and I'm like, oh, crap. They're actually benching Matt Ryan. Yeah, so it so was. So I don't know what happened in those couple of days for Frank Reich, but. It was Sunday. Free, he's a Freeport guy, by the way. I had no idea I was. A Frank fan. Reich? Frank Reich was born in Freeport. Really? Hey, yeah. Long Islander, very nice. Yeah. Um, Frank Wright, after the game on Sunday, had said, "You know, we got to watch the tape." Matt's our guy. And then Monday afternoon, I was at, I was sitting in my living room. I was doing this project, and and I had an NFL Network on. They're like breaking news, and they cut to Frank Wright, and they were like, "He's like, all right." So we ended up breaking down the tape and really watching, and he's like, "We actually are going to make a change." He's like, um, we realize Matt's horrible. No, it, that's basically what, it, what he said. That's what it sounded like. You know, it was crazy. It was like, yeah. all right, guys, so we weren't, you know, maybe I, you know, said something that I shouldn't have last, you know, yesterday. Yeah. Matt's not our guy, and, you know, we're going to Sam. Apparently, a lot of people around the league want to see Sam Ellinger. People tried, teams tried to trade for him um, after a really impressive preseason so he's gonna get a shot here, the kid from Texas. So uh, yep. we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think they actually, I think they have a chance to beat the commies on uh, on Sunday afternoon at home. The so commies, um, haven't heard that one. You might want to, you might want to take yeah, it easy with that. I don't know. I don't, yeah, I, I know. I, I love it because you know they did it to themselves. You know they, they yeah. set themselves up for this nickname. Mm-hmm. So I, I've heard people say it. We're good. Okay. I think. Yeah, we're good. Peter Rosenberg says it. We're good. Peter Rosenberg says it. He's he's a commies fan. Um, Okay. (laughs) Um, We were talking a little bit about the NFC West. Uh, The the Seahawks lead the division currently right now, and they'll play the Giants at home this weekend. A win gets them to five and three. A loss brings them back to four and four, and they would be tied in the division with somebody because the 49ers and the Rams play each other. So. May I ask, heading into week eight, who do you think is going to win the NFC West? Oof, put me on the spot like that. Um, We'll tell you one thing. It's not the Rams. It's not the Cardinals. Yes. Okay. (sighs) The Niners. Yeah, the Niners. I mean, listen, Seahawks are great. They're having a good season right now. Um... I actually think Geno will continue to play this way the whole season. I think he's actually a pretty good quarterback uh, this year, at least. Um, 
But I think it's just going to come down to the Niners are a better roster. I think they'll figure it out. I think that defense is just so good that they're just going to win games without even having to do much on offense. They've done it already. Um, I'll tell you, I wish they, they they probably wish they could take that Broncos game back. That looks really bad now for them. Um, but, yeah, I think this is the Niners division. I think um, in a head-to-head matchup, I think the Niners will probably pull one out so or pull two out. I don't even think they've played each other yet. Um, I'm going to go with the Niners. I want to say the Niners, and I'm a huge fan of the Niners. I don't know. Seattle's defense has played very well. There's no doubt about it. The draft picks that they got, they've used, and already they've been really good players. They have a couple of guys on defense. You know, I think the one, I'm blanking on the guy's name. He's going to be, you know, up there for defensive rookie of the year with Sauce, Woolen. something like that. Like they got Tariq guys Woolen, on this, whatever his name is. Yeah, they got guys on this defense. I agree with you. Geno's going to continue to play well. They have weapons. I like Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker's been great. Yeah. Here's my problem. I think the 49ers are going to lose this week. I think the Rams are going to beat them. So now you're looking at a three and five team. I think the Seahawks are going to win. So you're looking at five and three, three and five. Can the Niners get back into it? Two games out, probably. I'll say the Niners too, but I don't love it. I, I I am not confident in this division whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of these teams are really, you know, a sexy pick right now. I think the 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 Seahawks. I think sometimes we confuse like fresh with good. You know what I mean? Like or 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 not good, great. Like. The Seahawks, mentally, right, when you think about both of those teams, not to give a psychology lesson right now, but when you think about the Seahawks right now, it gets it's like a little like exciting, like, oh, you know, this is a surprising team, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But let's not overrate them and act like the Seahawks are, like, a great team. They're a good team that's, you know, beat a couple good teams, and they got a 4-3 and three record right now, but... On the flip side, the Niners have been disappointing this year, but I think they're still a good team, and I think they're still a better team than the Seahawks are. So let's not confuse like the sexy pick and get away from what we know, and I think it's that the Niners are a better team. But that unknown with Seattle, if they could keep this going. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I, I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, I'm a huge fan of the 49ers. I said before their loss to the Chiefs that this team was going to the Super Bowl. Probably stick with that. Them or Dallas mm-hmm. for me, but not ideal. Not an ideal. So, and by the way, this Jimmy G man. You know, I bet the 49ers last week. They're down one. They're going into the end zone before the half, and he throws a terrible interception at the goal line. Terrible. It just can't happen. Like it can't happen, and he made it happen. Brock Purdy got some work last week. Stay loose. Did he really? Yeah. Is that why I kept saying Brock Purdy's name everywhere? Yeah, the last drive of the game, they put Brock Purdy and threw a pick. I like the goal line. Oh, good. Thanks, Brock. Uh, okay. <laughs> picks this week. We're, we're going to post our picks on social media, but we're going to give one game pick that we really like coming into week Eight. This is Friday, so we usually make our picks Sunday when we post them. But right now mm-hmm. on Friday, what do we like? JM, you start. You won last week. I did win last week. I'm a. I'm a You're hot. I'm a little cocky. I'm a little hot right now. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of good games this week, uh, close games. Last week we saw a lot of big lines, right? Um, for some reason, it wasn't popping up on my app. Like, there were some <laughs> games missing, so I'm just I'm scrolling through my DraftKings right now. Um, yeah. What is the game that I like? There it is. Okay, I am going to take, drum roll please, the Las Vegas Raiders minus one on the road against the New Orleans Saints. Um I think the Raiders are still a good team. Uh, we saw how they played Kansas City in that primetime game on Monday night. Um, and I think that they are still going to be keeping their... their you're going to see them in the hunt the whole season. They might even jump into a wild card spot, bounce around a little bit. But I still think this is around an 8-9 to nine win football team this year. Um, I think the Saints are garbage, to be honest with you. like I, I picked them to be a playoff team. Over the offseason, I think they were going to win 10 or 11 games, something like that. I was really high on the Saints. Yeah. Maybe I'm just a little salty that they've disappointed me, but I think they're really just that bad. And Andy Dalton's playing this weekend. I, I think this Raiders offense is explosive. I know we always say this about the Dome and, you know, oh, you don't want to play this team in the Dome, but I think you put Devontae Adams in a Dome, and I think he's going to make Marshawn Lattimore his little son this weekend. Hmm. I think the Raiders are going to cover this pretty easily. It's funny, the Raiders, if you look at their offensive numbers, they're up there with the best teams in football, and they're 2-4. Mm-hmm. and four. So I agree. I think they're going to get this going and, and maybe make a push for the playoffs. Uh, I don't know if it starts this week. We will see. All right, my pick this week. I like a, I like a ton of unders and overs. A couple of unders uh, I'll, I'll, I'll post maybe separately. A game I like this week a lot, I think the Houston Texans upset the Titans this weekend at home. They're plus two and a half, so take them plus two and a half, but they're going to win the game outright. Um, this just looks like a letdown spot for Tennessee on the road against a division rival. And the Texans lost a tough game last week in Las Vegas. They were keeping it close all game long. They actually blew a seven, blew a 10-point lead or something like that um, in Las Vegas. So I like the Texans to cover and win the game on Sunday at home. You think the Titans get a little like big game hangover from the Colts game? Yes, they do. Because I love they were my three star pick last week. The Titans, I loved that game, but I could, yeah, I mean, I could see that happening. Yeah, the the Titans, they lost the Giants. They got blown out by the Bills, and everybody had them dead, done, and clearly they're not, and they're gonna win this division most likely. I don't see. A comeback for yeah, they're four and two. Um, I don't see a you comeback wanna, at all from the from the Colts. You want to talk about like the best coaches in football? Mike Vrabel is like one of the best head coaches in football. I mean, he's got to be. I, I think you're like in denial at this point if you if you say no. The guy last year he set that record right. They had 91 players on the injury report at one year. What was the stat? Something crazy like that, right? Yeah, they had or, a or they, ton no, of they, they used, sorry, they used 91 different players last year, and they they were the number one seed in the AFC. Ryan Tannehill has been the quarterback for this whole run. You know, he's, he's nothing to ride home about. Um, and now they, just when we thought they were out, this might be a down year for the Titans. They're right back in it. They're they're on top of their division. So. Oh my God! Breaking news. Is this like actually breaking news or just yes. stupid breaking news? What? In recent days, my wife and I finalized our divorce from one another after 13 years of marriage. We arrived at this decision amicably, amicably, 
and with gratitude for the time we spent together. We are blessed with beautiful and wonderful, wonderful children who will continue to be the center of our world in every way. We will continue to work together as parents to always ensure they receive the love and attention they deserve. We arrived at this decision to end our marriage with much, after much consideration. Doing so is, of course, painful and difficult, like it is for so many people who go through the same thing every day around the world. However, we wish only the best for each other and we, as we pursue whatever new chapters in our lives that are yet to be written. As we wow. kindly ask for privacy and respect as we navigate what is to come in the days and weeks ahead. Thank you. That's Tom Brady on his Instagram story. It's official. Wow. They finalized their divorce. I don't yeah. know. How long does a divorce take? Is that like, I know like, you know, that you got to sign papers and lawyers get involved and stuff like that. But I don't know how long the process is because I'm trying to like timeline it. And I, yeah. I mean, it had to be when he was taken off from practice for those personal days or whatever. That's what it had to be. I mean, what else could it have been? Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know, like you knew it was going to happen. And I, I read something yesterday from Us Weekly that she she ended up giving him an ultimatum. And, you know, I guess it was late, you know, and he, and he said no. But it makes you – Honestly. I kind of feel bad for him. Like, you're I giving it up. It. I respect it, man. You got to listen. This is the guy's passion. You know, it's his career. It's his livelihood. You got – I understand – from her perspective, and I can't believe we're talking marriage counseling right now, but you know that you know you need the guy around. You know you want to be with the family and whatever. But at the end of the day, you got to be happy for yourself. And like, if he was just going to be miserable and he was not ready to give up football, then don't give up football. You got to think. Of, you got to think about the afterlife of football, though. You have to think yeah. about it. And what is is it worth it right now to be three and five? You know, you're not playing your best football. Nobody sees this yeah. team bouncing back. This is probably your last year in the league unless you went to a – I mean, he's going to have to be evaluated and say at, at the end of the season and, and you're going to have to make a determination whether or not this was his fault, whether yeah. if he has a perfect offensive line and great weapons and a perfect offense, can you win with him? Otherwise, this is probably going to be his last season. Mm-hmm. And you're giving you, it up for a three and five football think, team? I was thinking, do you think he's the guy that will keep playing when his individual performance, when he's like starting to tail it, maybe like a Peyton Manning last year type? I don't think he is. I think he'll he'll retire in the middle of the season. Because no, the team's I, struggling right now, but his performance hasn't been like horrible. I, I, I honestly don't know. I, I really don't. He No, he hasn't been terrible this season, but... I, you know what? Maybe this divorce now, maybe he plays another year. I don't know. And maybe it's with somebody else. He He's not staying with this team. I mean, he's going he's gonna to leave this team. He's going to leave Tampa Bay. Right. Got to think about the afterlife, though. You know, like, you know, you got to go home and, you know, divorces are messy and she's got money and you got money. And I would have stayed with that money. And her, she's beautiful. I would have said, okay, goodbye. And you know me, my life is, you know, sports. I, you know, I love sports. She's not ready to give it up, man. I guess not. All right. Let's um, break here. We've got uh, 
couple of things in baseball, the World Series. First pitch tonight in Houston. The roof is closed, by the way, tonight. Oh, closed. is it really? Yeah, the, the roof is closed for the first two games of the Aaron series. Aaron Boone, oh, he's probably kicking and kicking himself right now. That damn yeah. roof is closed now. Yep. So uh, we'll talk about that a little bit of the NLCS and ALCS and uh, maybe some NBA. I don't know. We'll see. But I'll only come back. Here we go. Episode 78. We are back. Uh, really long football first segment, but it was good and it was exciting. We got that breaking news at the end. Tom Brady and his wife are getting a divorce. So uh, it's kind of upsetting. But we need to move on. You see the Mets? Uh, little breaking news of the Mets. They're moving their right field fences in a little bit. Are they really? I did not see that. <laughs> Yeah. Um, How much? About slightly. But you know what? It's going to put yeah, some so, more, yeah. more homers over the wall. Instead of getting like, some home run hitters this offseason, Steve Collins like, let's just move the fence and whatever. <laughs> or maybe and it's, a, it's an attraction to Aaron Judge. Oh, my God. Stop. Honestly, <laughs> I wouldn't I'm be kidding. surprised. I'm kidding. Uh, he did unfollow the Yankees on Instagram, though. Apparently he never even followed them. I, you know, I was gonna say I went through all of his follow. I went through all of his following, not all, but I searched some things up. Like he doesn't follow MLB. All he does is follow like, you know, a couple of brands here and there and teammates yeah. and other players. How many times has we done that? Oh, so he many times. This guy and blah blah blah. I listen. I've learned a couple of things in my my you know. Fan, my years of being a baseball fan or any fan in general, but especially baseball, I do not trust a single report unless it comes out of the mouth or on the Twitter fingers of Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan, or maybe like John Heyman, even though I can't stand him, or JP Morosi or guys like that, but really just Rosenthal and, and, and Passan passing, however the, hell say it, however the hell you say his name. But I'm seeing Passin. like. It's Jeff Passan. Jeff Passan. Okay, relax. Um, Jesus, you think yeah, yeah. Oh, like you never mispronounce names. How many but times do I have to like, correct you? No, I, I'm terrible at pronouncing names, but it's right there for you, and you always say Passan. Yeah, okay. Anyways, um, what is it? NJ.com is coming out about, uh, you know, this thing about Judge. They're not going to, the Giants aren't going to be outbid for Aaron Judge and this and that. Okay, Let, let's see. Yeah. Please. We're going to see. Nobody knows anything. A uh, report from Andy Mortino the other day was BS. Uh, the thing, man. Nobody knows anything that's happening with Aaron Judge. The only thing we know is Aaron Boone's coming back. <laughs> Brian Cashman is most likely coming back. That's it. And you know, bef before we get to the Phillies and everything, I just I want to talk about that, that whole story about they called it a a hectic or chaotic. What did they? How did they describe it? They were surprised. The Yankees players or yeah. whatever. Um, about them booing Aaron Judge. Listen, I think we talked about this on the last show about him getting booed. Me personally, I'm at that game. I'm not going to boo him. Right, the guy is our whole team basically. But I understand why the fans booed. And maybe it wasn't, you know, it, was pre it, it wasn't just directly a judge. I think it was at the team in general. It was just them blowing off some steam, and that's what triggered it or whatever. But we've continually watched this team underperform in the playoffs for years now, 
And Judge wasn't performing well. He's performing horribly, honestly, in the playoffs. Um, so while we cheer, you know, we'll cheer on Judge on. Obviously, everybody gets up on their feet in the regular season in in June when Judge is at the plate. You ch- MVP chance nonstop, right? And we love him. We love the guy. So I, I I think it's you know ridiculous that they booed him. They shouldn't have booed him, but I I understand it. Uh, why they just booed in general. I think they should boo the crap out of Josh Donaldson and IKF and all these other idiots. But um, to say that these players are like, they're they're like so surprised and nobody wants to be a Yankee anymore and this and that, like give me a break. And if that's true of some of these guys, leave, please. Be my guest, leave. I understand that our fan base is toxic and trust me, some, there's plenty of moments where I'm embarrassed to be a Yankee fan because there are some real morons in this fan base. Yep. But do not claim that these players don't want to be Yankees. Give me a break. Go go, well, go to Cleveland, please. Yes, go to Cleveland is right. It's a great organization. Now, yep. uh, this is Astros closer Ryan Presley said um, Aaron Judge getting booed at home was a topic was a bullpen topic during these games in MI. He said, I don't understand why you would boo a guy that has given you nothing but joy, especially this year. I was pretty surprised to hear him get booed out there. That's what he said at a World Series Media Day. Uh, listen, it was surprising. I think that guys that have a season like that should be put on a different level. I'm a booer. You know, Max Scherzer walked off the mound shamelessly in game one of the wild card round. I couldn't tell you how loud I was booing. I would actually hurt your ears right now if I if I reenacted it, okay? So I'm not saying that I am not a booer, but I've also never had somebody have a season that was better than a season that Mickey Mantle or Babe yeah. Ruth and Roger Maris, you know, an historic season like that. So some guys should be held to a different standard, you know, at the same time, you probably should give him a pass. But New York's yeah. a tough place, and I, I don't I don't think it bothers him because I think he's a man, and I think he understands that playing in New York is difficult and the fans are never going to be happy. Are we really, like, are we really going to, Iron Judge is going to be like, you know what, I screw this place, I'm leaving. Yeah. There's no way. Because he got no. booed once. No. The, the reason why he would want to leave, maybe, is because he doesn't trust this organization to put a, a product out there yeah. that's going to win a World Series you know, in, a, in, a, in the future. You know what I think and, this is? I'm not even kidding. I think that Hal Steinbrenner and some other guys might have something to do with this. I think they might just put this headline out there to flip it on the fans because he gets booed nonstop and he gets he's put under so much scrutiny. That would be People want Boonyan, people want Cashman-Yan, and there's so much pressure on them this offseason that... I think that um, it's to flip it on the fans and make them feel bad. And maybe it's even, I'm going to go as far as to say, maybe Hal Steinbrenner's planting the, the, the seed already to put this in place that in the potential that Aaron Judge leaves, he could be like, well, you know. Not he won't directly say it, but they'll be like, I didn't you know. Him. Yeah, I didn't boo him, right. He wanted <laughs> to leave because he got booed, not because that, I'm a cheap piece of crap who isn't willing to, to pay the, the man his money. That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. I'm going to be I am going to be insufferable on this podcast until April 1st, depending on what the Yankees do this offseason. You know, just letting I, you know I, right now. I was also having a conversation with your brother and we were trying to figure out, you know, how do you improve this team? 
and bringing everybody back, you know, that you would want back, it would probably cost, you know, $260, $270 million. You know, that would be your payroll. Mm-hmm. And now you have to add to that, you know, just bringing these people back, bringing these players back. Yep. And then a couple of more additions here and there. There's a chance you're looking at a $290, $300 million payroll and the Mets were at 290. The Dodgers were close to it. Those are the only two teams that have gone that high. Do you trust Hal Steinbrenner to be able to get to that point? They should be that high, though. They're the richest team in the sport. I agree. You should you should always be the highest team. I'm sorry, like you should be, especially in a time like this where you're in this championship window and you're in the playoffs every year. You should be outspending everybody. You're the richest team in the sport. And you we need charge twenty dollars for chicken buckets. <laughs> you should be you should be spending the most money. By the way, worth it. Um, I agree. We haven't even gotten into the discussion of whether or not Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone should be back next season. I think they both will be. Oh, but definitely. They shouldn't be. I had we, – we talked about this. I said to you, maybe Cashman doesn't deserve to be fired. Not maybe. He doesn't deserve to be fired, right? Because he's had a great run. He's a Hall of Famer. Um, he'll be picked up immediately by somebody. But maybe for the Yankees, for right now, with what they've gone through the past, you know, since they've won the World Series in 2009, maybe it is the right time for Cashman to get out. Maybe it is the right time for change in this organization. And, you know, I don't want to see them promote somebody from within if they do make the move. I want to see them go out and get somebody else. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would make sense to go outside the organization for once and go bring in another executive. But they're not going to do it. I think times change. I think Cashman, you're right. He's a Hall of Famer. He's had a great career. But what he's done over the past five years or so, it's not working. So I think it's time for a new face. You got to change the philosophy of how you're going to build this team. I was really annoyed, and I don't know who's calling the shots, but I don't know. We could sit here and speculate all day. I'm going to put it on the general manager because it's in his job description. Um, the way they handled the minor league system this year and been trying to manipulate service time and the IKF BS and, and Donaldson, that, that trade is one of the worst trades in recent Yankees history, the way the impact it had on the Yankees and the way it basically ended their season. Um you know, Peraza not calling him up for the longest time and and calling Cabrera up late. and It's just – it's uh, and, and mailing it in at the end of the year with the Phantom IL stints and they're just coasting to the world to, to, to the playoffs and giving up that number one seed and doesn't work. So, nope. And, and how many underwhelming trade deadlines do the Yankees need to have with Brian Cashman? How many? I mean, they got a little unlucky with the injuries, right? Benintendi got hurt. Montes was hurt a little bit. But even when Montes was playing, banged up, uh, or not playing well, and Benintendi was a nice trade for them, but they didn't go out and get a stud at the trade deadline. And no, remember when Benintendi? When you're a team having the year that they were having, you should be ultra-aggressive at the trade deadline. Yeah, Benintendi wasn't, didn't, uh, what do you call it, come in and, and play well at first. He ended up, you know, figuring it out. Uh, Montas was dealing with a shoulder injury when the Yankees traded for him. Mm-hmm. So 
you know, you understood the risks of, of trading for him. See, how did he pass his physical, though? He was fi- he was fine when they traded for him. Well, like, you just there said was he was a, dealing with a shoulder injury when they traded for him. Like, he, he wasn't on the injured list. There was nothing that they could have said he was going on the injured list for, but he had the shoulder thing, and... You know, he. I think he was on. You know, six days rest. He wasn't pitching every five days. Right. They can also manipulate it, though. You know, they knew ex. They knew exactly what they were getting into. You know, it's not yeah. like, oh, this shoulder thing popped up. You know, he was on the IL. Yeah. He. You know, he didn't pitch a full season. Tough. Um. Do you think that the. Uh... I'm just tired of talking about this team, so I'm just going to yeah. change the subject. Yeah, let's let's go to um, uh, the Phillies. Do you think that I want to give our predictions for the series, like right off the bat? Do you think that the series is going to be like a Patriots Giants type thing, where like the Astros are undefe- like uh, they're undefeated in the playoffs, they're a juggernaut, and you think the Phillies are just going to upset them, or do you think the Astros are just going to like mow their way through? I don't think the Astros are going to mow their way through. But I do think they're going to win the series. You know, it's funny they took about five well, five days off. They didn't, you know, the, the Bolt series ended on Sunday. Yeah, and I think if the series started Tuesday or Wednesday, hundred percent, I would take the Phillies. I would say the Phillies are going to win the series. You're going to win it, and they may win it in five or six games. But the fact that they've taken this time off, the Phillies who are playing, you know. A lot of games, you know, back not back to back, but you know, a lot of games in a short amount of time now have sat. And yeah. not saying they're gonna get cold, but the flames have definitely gone down. They're not as hot as they were. Right. So when you have a team like the Astros who had sat for a while, they didn't play many, you know, they played they didn't play the wild card round, they swept the Mariners and they sat and waited for the Yankees and then they played four games with the Yankees and now they sit they're sitting again. They've done this. They've gone they've done the up downs multiple times now. What is your series prediction? Right I now? think the I think the Astros win in six. I think um Yeah. I think they'll win both at home. I think the Phillies will win two at home. Two two. Astros will two grab three? the last two. Yeah, two out of three at home and then the Astros will grab the last two games of the series. Games um, five and six. I am going to, as much as it pains me to say this, I really want the Phillies to win, and I think it would be the city of Philadelphia might burn to the ground <laughs> if the Phillies win. Um, it's hilarious. I kind of want to go. There's like a bar. It's called like Xfinity, yeah, Xfinity Live. Really I really cool. want to go there. Like I'm actually considering like n- during the week, just one night going. Do you want to um, go? If you want to go, go. yeah. But I'll wear my um, jersey. <laughs> I'll bring, oh my god! I got my uh, my Lenny Dykstra jersey. I can wear that. Hell yeah! Um, I'm gonna say Astros in five. I'm gonna say they they win two at home and then they take two out of three in Philly. I think um, I think that's a pretty solid point that you just brought up um, about you know the 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 Phillies sitting sitting down for a couple of game for a couple of days. Um, the Astros had to do the same thing, but. I think the Astros are just such a phenomenal team, right? The Phillies have just been a little hot, and uh, I think they're a good team too, right? They're they're built pretty well in the postseason. They got those two aces in Nola and Wheeler, and Bryce Harper might be the best hitter on the planet right now. 
But, so um, well, not he, he is the best hitter on the planet right now. Um, but I think this Astros team is just too freaking good, and I think they're going to they're not going to have too hard of a time against Philly. But I hope you I'm know, wrong. I, I really hope I'm wrong. The Yankees haven't had bad teams, right? And this is going to be an Astros point. The Yankees haven't had bad teams when they lost to them in 17, when they lost to them in 19, and, you know, this year, although I, I, I do believe that this Yankee team was flawed, they weren't a bad team. Right. But Houston is so far ahead of everybody in the American League and it's it just, it's not close. And they're this good. And we talked about, you know, we, you know, we talked about with Atlanta. You know, Atlanta had been to the playoffs so many times. Not, you know, we hate to use the word experience, but they know how to play in these games. They know what the pressure's like. You, this is like, you know, a walk in the park for you. This is nothing, you know, for the Phillies. Like, holy crap, we're in the World Series. Look at this. And Houston's like, yep, another year. You know, yeah. Another year that we're here, and we got to take care of business. And they haven't won it all the time, but they understand no. the pressure. They know what it's like to be in these big games. Um, you know that's why I um, you know that's why I, I think the Astros are going to win. But again, you you really don't you really don't know in baseball. But I think that point of sitting is is a good one, like you said. You know, and the Astros take care of business if they lose. It's just a trend now of them just <clears throat> losing to these surprise NL East teams in the in the World Series. This would be the yeah. third one, literally. Yeah. It'd be the third um, straight, not counting twenty twenty. Yeah, and then uh, you know, then it's just up to you guys and the Marlins at that point. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, somebody's got to do it. I've been thinking about this for a couple of weeks now. You know, I'm over the Met lost, whatever, you know. The off season's the greatest time for the Mets because, you know, we're in on everybody and, you know, we sign people and it's fun and we think we're going to win the World Series and we actually have a chance in our fake minds in the offseason. Anyway. <laughs> I think runs like the Phillies are on right now are – this might sound so obvious. It's so special. You know, I hate the Philadelphia Phillies with every – bone in my body i cannot stand them but i watch these videos of these people you know going nuts you know with their family members with their friends it's such a cool run it's mm -hmm. unbelievable what they're doing and it's like how do you not just sit there and smile you know and yeah. they got this song that's a good song it's actually yeah. you know dancing on my own it makes no song. sense though i don't know why it's like a song you know what i mean mm -hmm. like it does nothing mm -hmm. to do with baseball you know these people but it's Come, a good song it's yeah. a very good song you know these people you know they don't, yeah. they don't really think about things um it is a really cool run and if i want my team to make i don't care how my team makes a run if they make a run to the world series and win it i don't give a crap if you're a 60 win team or a 120 win team but it's cool when you're not expected to do anything and you make this run. That, that's no, right. I mean, special. the the best moment probably of my life being a sports fan is the the Jets runs in 2009, especially yeah, and 2010. Right? I mean, the underdog, you know, beating New England on the road and making it that far. It's fun. You just see you're you're going crazy. You're not expecting it. So. It's it's good for the. Is it? I think it's good for the sport. Honestly, like the Phillies are a national story right now. You know, everybody. I think if it was Astros Dodgers, I think people who don't pay attention to baseball wouldn't really know much about the series. 
But I think the, this run that the Phillies are going on, I think the whole nation's on notice right now. I think people are like, oh, yeah, what's this I hear about in Philly? They got, this, like you said, this whole the song, the whole vibe going on right now. Dancing on it's, my it's own. A it's a good song. Yeah. I think it's meant to show you that it's so unexpected and it's supposed to, and you know, you're on your own and you're not doing well and then you pick somebody up and, you know, picking themselves up and getting to the world. I don't know. Yeah. You know, again, they have to grease poles so that they don't climb up them. You yeah. know, like this is, this is the people we're dealing with here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, shout out to the Padres for just being absolutely terrible. Ta- shout out to Bob <laughs> Melvin to being an aw- unbelievably awful manager in that series. Mm-hmm. I didn't care that he stuck with Suarez against Harper. Honest to God. Suarez has been really great, and he made a good pitch. Like, Harper just made an incredible swing and got the stick out there. How about bunting with one out in the ninth and two guys on? How about that? That's an awful, awful move. Mm -hmm. I mean, so that's You know how I feel about bunting. You know how I feel about it. And I like bunting. I do. You know, I think when Tomas Nito comes up with two guys on and one out, I don't want Tomas Nito, you know, swinging, grounding into a double play. I think there are scenarios where bunting works. Not in that one. That to me is crazy. Your season is on the line, and you're yeah. just going to give an out and put give yourself one opportunity to get a hit. It's that crazy was to me. brutal. Brutal. I, I, can't, that's, I will never understand the bunting in that situation. But yes. Whatever. Um. All right, that's going to do it for episode 78. Um, after this World Series, it's going to be crazy. The offseason is going to be nuts. It's a crazy, crazy offseason. Aaron Judge, Jacob DeGrom, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, all these huge names. I think Nolan Arenado is going to opt out. So all these huge names, they're all going to be free agents. It's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, all the football next episode. JM, anything you got to say? Uh, hoping for a Jets win this weekend like I always am. Happy Halloween. Stay safe out there. Trick or treat. And that's it. All right. Talk to you guys soon.